Listeners, welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host Rob and joined as always by my good friends Joe and Duff. Hello. Hey everybody. We're talking about minutes 25 through 28 of Forrest Gump. This segment starts with uh, Forrest giving someone their book and ends with Jenny's shirt off. Forrest gives someone a book, then he gives them a beat down later. <laughs> so we start out. We start out with uh, with uh, back at the uh, the George Wallace uh, event here uh, with with Forrest giving. She drops her book and uh, Forrest, Forrest the race it- Forrest the race trader here. <laughs> yes, I do love his wave at the end of this. Mm. Like when when he helps out, and then he turns and sees all the media, and he does this like, like oh little wave yeah he has two good ones in this one uh, yeah yeah and and so i was listening to the commentary and uh robert zemeckis was talking about uh forrest and he talked about him in a lot of ways stuff that you do and that he you know you mentioned how forrest doesn't really like do anything like he doesn't have a purpose in this movie he just sort of floats through it and uh in talking about this scene zemeckis mentions how forrest um it reason it works is because he's innocent and has no agenda and so you in and, and so he has to be honest you can never have forrest like lie or do anything that has an agenda um so essentially his argument is the reason this movie works is the fact that your protagonist has no perspective or opinion which is weird but i guess is true question mark i respect the decision i don't know if i agree with the results uh I mean, I guess because we're going to well, we're going to get into it. But I feel like this segment uh, with George Wallace especially just displays how this movie is like meh to every aspect of history, good or bad. Yeah. I mean, it's bad. It does. It like I mean, and I think maybe what Zemeckis is saying is for him to make a box office, a political film that he wants to make. You need to have. You need to like walk through history with a character who has who has no opinions who's, of America or whose like entire <laughs> impression of George Wallace is he got shot running for president. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which uh, by the way, I did not know that George Wallace ran as a Democratic candidate. Uh, yeah, he ran unsuccessfully like four times. I think. Yeah, there was still the. The Southern Democrats was still a thing. I mean, he's a a is a Dixie. Was he a Dixiecrat? Kind of a Strom Thurmond type. Yeah. So the the party. I mean, he. I'm sure. I'm not sure if he did eventually go over to the Republican Party or not, because he stayed governor until well into the 80s. So. I think he pulled a Bloomberg and just ran with every party he could, <laughs> and mm. still failed. Okay. I, I had no idea because I was I was like thinking. Uh, I was like, oh, is this the only, like, because we're going to see all these assassinations throughout this movie. Is this the only time it was, like, a Republican candidate that was an assassinated or an attempt? But no, also a Democrat. Yeah, in 72, he wanted to be the Democratic candidate, which is pretty wild. (laughs) Yeah, isn't it? I had no idea. Uh, The other thing that I, I had never really dug into is I knew that Wallace was shot on the campaign trail and that ended his career well not his career but it ended his bid presidential bid yeah yeah um but i didn't really know 
anything about the shooter or oh, the yeah. motivations. Yeah. I did some research on that myself. Yeah, um, and well, you can I'm, go ahead if you did some research. Well, just I'm, I'm very proud to say uh, <laughs> he's one of Milwaukee's own. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yes. Um, oh, no. <laughs> Arthur Herman Bremer, born mm-hmm. in 1950, right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, wow. where he stayed until um, after high school. And he worked at the, he briefly went to MATC, uh, the technical college here, Ooh. and then worked at the Milwaukee Athletic Club, which you can still find downtown. Hmm. And uh, he lived here until he um his paranoid delusions led him <laughs> to uh keep a diary which if you'd like to hear some of it you can watch uh, there's an animated documentary called a penny for your thoughts that uh reads where a narrator reads excerpts from his diary which oh. you're not going to believe it are a little unhinged mm-hmm. <laughs> and he something in the water in the four in the 414 i feel like with a lot a lot happened there with uh, interesting people he was a janitor in the Milwaukee Public Schools for a while. Then uh, eventually he uh, committed some, some crimes, did some crimes. And then he became fixated on assassinating either Richard Nixon or George Wallace. And it, getting Nixon proved too difficult. So he sort of it seems to me like he sort of resignedly just decided i guess i'll just shoot george wallace instead yes uh he he basically he literally settled he's like oh that'd be too hard it's like who's the next best thing oh i'll shoot uh george wallace so was it was it political in any way no no he was a fame whore like uh, he literally just wanted to be famous uh he had no political like at first i'm like because i didn't know and i was like well was wallace shot by a you know by someone who was you know, against racism or against mm-hmm. Wallace, but nope. It was basically kind of like how, kind of like a catcher in the rye inspiring the attempted Reagan assassination thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, to kind of go down that train, I did read that uh, Paul Schrader was inspired by this to write Taxi Driver. Wow. Like this, this was an inspiration. The diary. Um, the Arthur just Brennan's the whole, diary. The whole, the whole idea of just shooting a politician just because. Because you're okay. bored. Because <laughs> you want to be famous. And, yeah, and he was mentally ill, too. But Yeah. There is a run of like films in the 70s about, you know, I mean, I guess it makes sense considering what happened in the 60s, but of like movies and having politicians assassinated in them or attempted, right? The uh, Taxi Driver, uh, Nashville... Um, blow up well, then, i guess or and i mean it was that. the it was the decade of conspiracy thrillers too so if you watch the if you read his diary or or if you watch the the documentary you'll see like he's very aware of how he thinks or trying to think of how the media is going to portray him like it's it's clear that he's pretty obsessed with how the world will react to him react like sort of talk about him after he becomes famous from from doing this and um so he kind of drove around following him from event to event. And I guess you can see him on video at a different event where Wallace was getting heckled. Uh, but there's this like one guy in the background. I meant to look this up on YouTube and I forgot to see if you can w- watch it somewhere. And I guess so you can just see one guy in the background just clapping enthusiastically <laughs> while everyone else <laughs> that's is him? and heckling Wallace. Yeah, and it's him. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, when, when he wrote the diary, like, did he write it with the idea of like, this will be 
be released to the media? Like, is that a performance in its own right, or is the diary actually his personal thoughts? I'm not sure. I, I there think... might not even be a clear. Well, knowing him, knowing what little answer. I know about him, he probably, yeah, he probably a little of both. I'm sure he knew that it yeah, would get read. Okay. Yeah, and so he, um, so he finally gets Wallace uh, at, in Maryland and shoots him. I think four times. Um, he wounds yeah, a he couple shot him other four times at, and he, Yeah, and wounds. He emptied his gun, and but he hit Wallace four times in the abdomen, and one of them hit him in the spinal cord. And then I think he shot three other people. Yeah, three other people were, were wounded as well. And hmm. then he was, uh, he had actually, the reason the documentary is called A Penny for Your Thoughts is that was the catchphrase he wanted to yell as he shot him. But he, for, <laughs> but he, he for, forgot oh, to he yell forgot? it. Oh, no. <laughs> what a rehearsal. crazy thing to yell. Yeah. Penny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for your thoughts. Bam, well, bam. Yeah. It's not, it's not quite uh, death to tyrants, but. <laughs> It'll do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then, obviously, he was arrested right away, and then he was in prison until 2007? Is he still alive? Yes. Wait, so he could be listening to this right now? Yes. Oh, oh we should no. try to get him on. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, was, yeah, he was released, yes, in 2007. He was only 57 when he was released, so he'd only be, like, 69 now. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And he's still living in Maryland, and he's on parole uh, until or probation until 2025. Oh. Oh. So we'll have to tweet out oh. the link to the to the documentary. He has yeah. to be on Twitter, right? Uh, I, I, I possibly. Wow, that's uh, crazy. He's for sure they, on Facebook at that age. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just. Yeah, <laughs> he he is posting some QAnon memes. <laughs> so uh, apparently, um, some if I know that Rob or excuse me, Duff will enjoy this. Uh, his song, uh, P- the Peter Gabriel song, "Family Snapshot." I, I pulled this from the Wikipedia page. <laughs> that is inspired by Bremer's Diary. Oh, oh. nice! <laughs> wow. So Milwaukee, famous for producing Arthur. We, we got we can't call him Arthur Bremer because he's an assassin. Or do you only use the middle name if they're successfully assassinate somebody? Uh, well, we'd we use the middle name for the Reagan guy, right? What was his name? Hinckley? Uh, John yeah, Hinkley. it was John, John Hinckley. Uh, so maybe if they if they don't kill the person, we just use two names. And you if don't... they are fail, yeah. then yeah, I think you're right. Uh, if, that's if how you do it. If they're successful, then you use the middle name. Middle names are for closers. <laughs> So we, we produced, I, I'm not sure if the person who, I know Teddy Roosevelt was shot in Milwaukee, but I'm not sure if the person who shot him was from here or not. Okay. But, well, um, that that's a, that's a proxy. Uh, put a check in the column for that by proxy, I say. Uh, it, um, Milwaukee had an effect. We know that. Yes. <laughs> One way or the other. Well, I do not own any firearms for the record, so well, no need to look into me. Yep. You don't need to start using that third name, regardless regardless of the number of <laughs> fetishes you like to stack on each other. I'm way too lazy to keep a diary, too. <laughs> um, so uh, we also transitioned into here into an I know scene since we decided when we first decided to do this movie, Duff. You have been chomping out the bit to talk about this. We get uh, we get a little bit of a near naked Forrest Gump. Yeah, is this is this the closest we ever get to seeing Tom Hanks as Hog? I... <laughs> 
I believe so. Hank's, hashtag Hank's hog. Hank's hog. Do we ever get close to seeing a castaway? That's the only other movie I can uh, think of where maybe you see his hog. No, we just see his so. ball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, call, I call mine Spalding, too. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, being in, like, are there extras in the scene? Like, who are the people yeah, in the locker room? They're like, by the way, um, uh, Tom Hanks is going to walk in here uh, please, naked rubbing his make, junk. You can make eye contact with Mr. Hanks, but please don't look at his hog. He's very <laughs> self-conscious about it. Why Why have this? Like, why have him in the locker room? Like, it's is it, it's not really played for a, a, like, the locker room part isn't played as a gag. It's kind, just like, kind of. It kind of it, is. It's, it's just, yeah, I don't get it. It's just kind of like the old timers, like, oh, that forest. Mm-hmm. As he shows up with a towel. I think it's just uh, supposed to represent how famous he becomes and just people. Yeah, it's weird. I don't understand it. And yeah, just to it, reinforce that he, to make sure the audience understands that he's not actually trying to make a point with that act. Yeah, he just... Mm. So yeah. one thing I wanted to point out is that he has a towel already that he is, uh, you know. It's his, it's his hog, te- his hog he, towel. He has his towel that he is drying his junk with, and yep. he's done with that towel and needs another towel to because he doesn't want the towel that touched his junk to go around his Listen, his, listen. His waist. Let's talk about hog towels. Do you <laughs> Locker that room this towels is... are small. That's a good point. It point number look one. That's, I mean, I, I'm... I don't have a definitive answer, but no, it didn't you know look what? That small. It looked like a regular size. Let, towel. Let's get into this in detail. It is <laughs> okay. big enough for him to wrap it around his waist and, and sort of you know tuck it shut. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big towel. Yeah, if you can do that. Yeah, that's it's, true. You, you could like probably regu- wrap it that's around. It's a regular uh, shower towel. Do you think that that people should have two towels for showers or baths, one for their nether regions and one for their face and no. Head? I do not. Well, ju- <laughs> <laughs> that's my answer. <laughs> I mean, like, there's certain things that where humans kind of have routines to keep things clean, right? And yeah. Do you think that that's, order of operations. that's one we were neglect? That's one we're neglecting. <laughs> no, I just think you do order of operations. You can dry yourself in a certain way so that you're not like you don't need to dry your butt and then your mouth right afterwards. Like you can you dry you your can- mouth. <laughs> <laughs> No wonder you're in the bathroom so long. You're trying to dry your mouth. You're stuffing a towel down your throat. Like I okay, so we we are we are a we are a uh, a family that has like you have your own towel and then you have the like towel that's on the floor. So when you step out, you know, like the the like the like ruggish bath towel. Buy you know a what bath I mean? mat, man. No, you can do a towel because then you can wash it more than a bath mat gets washed. That's a choice. I know. I'm just saying that's our choice. That's our family choice. Okay. What about you, Joe? Are you multiple towel guy? No, I'm just wondering if I'm if I'm I'm wondering if that should be a thing. Absolutely not. That's silly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, then that brings us back to this. I, so you're stepping here. out of the shower. You're all clean. You can put your towel anywhere. It's all good. What about women with hair? Is that different? Because they they usually use like often two towels, one for hair and one for body uh i'll allow it depending on the length of the hair i think it's okay I think that's okay men you don't need to stuff's coming up there with a yardstick and making sure no take a second <laughs> I'm, towel. I'm like those, yeah it's like the 
it's like the 1950s where you can't have a skirt above the knees. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a cutoff. I don't know what it is, but I'll figure it out. I'll All let right. you know, ladies. I just <laughs> want to check. Maybe maybe Forrest was onto something here. I mean, uh, I will say that, like, I remember, you know, the days of high school uh, and and like having a shower, and those towels were not big enough. Those no. towels were small, and and created a lot of anxiety in my life i would i would not shower i i want <laughs> none of that uh, i i mean the least surprising thing i've ever heard i i had it wasn't until like maybe five years ago that i finally got the courage to like shower in like a public bathroom again when i like work out and i i do that and it it took a lot for me to be like i'm gonna do this and it's not a big deal and the truth is it's not a big deal but it took a lot for me nope. to get to that point uh, i did in high school yeah no big deal but now, if you would you go and work out somewhere, Joe, and then go use the public shower? Sure. What if it was not individual stalls? It was like this was where you just have like a you know three or four ho- like hoses, three or Hose, four yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm being deloused in prison. <laughs> three or four like you know nozzles that everyone just kind of crowds around them. Like, well, that's what it was in high school. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you're I totally fine with that now. I agree. I agree. I am too. Um, but it took a long. I know it was. It took a lot for me to do it as an adult. So I'm not mocking anyone. I'm just saying it's okay. No one cares about you. That's the thing you need to remember when you use a locker room. No one cares about you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else, guys, on the locker room etiquette? Um. Don't. No. Okay. Go. Nope. Don't, Duff's got something. Don't be that dude who dries your junk under the hair dryer. What? <laughs> I didn't. I've seen this happen at the YMCA when I used to live. What by they're the just y. like thrusting their hips forward <laughs> and getting it yeah. under the hot air. It, so come on. No, it's happen. I've seen it happen. It's always old men. It's always there's. I mean, obviously, it's it's there's some people have varying degrees of comfort. There's some type of switch that goes off around like age sixty where it's just like. You act like you're at home, and yeah, yeah. After yeah. age sixty, you're gonna put your leg up on the bench to but try it off. I've, like yeah, I don't, I, yeah, when I, I can't wait. When I, I used to go a long time ago. I think it was actually it was the YWCA in Uptown Minneapolis. You used to the, go to that one, and the men's room there, just dudes <laughs> would like put a leg up on the bench and aim that uh, that hair or the hand dryer and just. <laughs> Did you ever see someone put their mouth around the air, air, air dryer to dry their mouth off? Dry their mouth. <laughs> dry your mouth. Uh, dry your mouth before drying your butt. That's all. Just. <laughs> it's gonna be on. Uh, that should be on your tombstone. <laughs> dry your mouth. Uh, we have a new bus stop friend. Everyone, are we excited about this? Uh, Forrest has been sitting with the, this woman who had no concern or desire to hear anything he had this, to say. The woman's bus mercifully a lot arrives <laughs> yes there, so maybe we shouldn't have him talk about george wallace to the black lady anymore <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah this was probably the most problematic section to talk to her about and this is and this is who we decided to have this conversation with right like so this, <laughs> at the time so this kind of represents how this movie just has no opinion on history whatsoever because you have our first bus stop patron take off mm-hmm. and we have a new bus stop patron and the new bus stop patron is very keen to talk about George Wallace being assassinated and talks about Wallace being assassinated in the same way that people talk about JFK being assassinated. Isn't it an assassination if you don't die? 
well, attempted assassination. assassination. Okay. Attempt, yeah. Okay. But it's it's just kind of wild how if you knew absolutely nothing about history and you watched this, like you might just kind of be like, oh, George Walls and JFK, they're kind of the same. Or, or RFK. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely watched this before I knew anything about George Wallace, and it's not like I, I don't think I learned anything about George Wallace in this movie, right? Except that he got you get shot that, at and survived. You get that very brief aside about Governor Wallace made good on his promise to block the entrance to yeah. the school. Yeah. But, but outside very, of that, it's very weird how that woman is almost like wistful about it, and she's like, says like, oh, George Wallace would have fixed this country up. <laughs> Well, I mean, what's I interesting is that I didn't get that impression from the way. Yeah, I think it. she was just being kind, and I think she was she was interested in talking to Forrest. But what's kind of funny is he doesn't have much interest to listen to her. He just continues on with <laughs> he, his story. He shifts immediately. <laughs> he pivots. Like <laughs> he does ask her. Uh, he does have that great line about like if she went to college for girls or girls and boys together college. <laughs> Which I mean, we so listeners know we all went to a girls and boys together college mm-hmm. where we met one each the, other. One of them we didn't progressive t- colleges. We didn't yeah. talk to any of those girls, but they were no. there. They were around, um, and I'm sure they did not talk about us either. <laughs> uh, what? How much? So it's been 25 minutes in the movie that he's been at the bus stop with this woman. How long in real time do you think she was waiting for her bus? Think of all the stuff he's told her so far. I mean, it might be pretty similar, pretty close to real time. Right, yeah. like 15, 20 minutes, something like yeah. that probably. I mean, Quite a, a nice long time. Day. So, you know, there's no reason she couldn't have been to the bus stop maybe like 15, 20 minutes early, half an hour maybe. What do you think her story is to everyone about this? <laughs> like, she's going to get to work uh, and be like, oh, how was your bus ride in? Like, I'm sure the not... word cracker comes up. <laughs> yeah, like you would not believe what happened to me at the bus stop uh, this dude kept talking to me about uh bed nathan bedford forrest and george wallace <laughs> <laughs> did you tell him you weren't interested i mean i think i did he didn't care i gave him the silent treatment but he just kept talking <laughs> he just kept going right through it uh all right so now we go into back to college um and a girls, girls college, college girls, girls college and we have a pretty amazing moment here, I think. Forrest is just waiting for her outside her dorm. No umbrella. Just um, sitting in the rain. I don't like umbrellas. I'm with Forrest on that. Uh, <laughs> you would rather so sit on a bench and get soaked? I mean, you don't have to sit on the bench. Go somewhere where there's an eave or a tree. Well, that's what like I'm saying. Like, he's, like, it looks like there was an area he could have gone or he could have brought an umbrella. That's how true. Long, he's a how, bench sitter. How long do you think he's been there? Was he just waiting for Jenny like a one of those service dogs who are like waiting for their people to come home from the war? <laughs> what? Haven't you what ever, are you like, talking about? Haven't, haven't you ever like seen those videos of like dogs that get really excited when someone comes home from a war? Oh yeah, yeah. But I just oh, I, the service dogs. A dog's excited partner. someone came to the house? Wow, yeah. <laughs> Must be really important. <laughs> Every time I come home from work, it's for my dog. It's the same as if I it's, came home from. I, I was like a Korean POW that was finally released. <laughs> it's like you were one of those guys who was in the jungle for fifty years. I was John McCain's cellmate. <laughs> <laughs> um. So back at the college, he's waiting for her. Forrest sees a car pull up, 
and he sees Jenny and another man, and the car starts to steam up. Then he Forrest, has a McFly Forrest, moment. He has yeah. a McFly moment. Hey, you yes. get your damn hands off her, except he really means it. He, just, he <laughs> wails on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. This poor guy. Like... I mean, he was, well, he was kind of getting rapey. Wasn't he? Isn't that See, kind of was he? I don't think so. I don't. I don't know if it's for sure. Because she does say "ow," but I thought it was more of an "ow" as in like it's a car and it's tough to like get into the right position. And he like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like <it>? I. <laughs> well, like I just more, I, I, I never I never you sound took like any... you've got some experience in this area. No, I don't. I, what I don't understand is like it, there's not that well, do- after your after your pickup truck story. Uh, <laughs> I just figure you do every all of your amusements come in dangerous car related scenarios. Uh, I've never I guess done I, I, parking. I guess I'd as always they say. gotten the impression that he was a little too forward, but I I, I do think there's room for. Uh, yeah, I've always thought this was totally consensual between her and Billy. I believe is the name of the guy because. Yeah. It doesn't like she's never upset with him. She's upset at Forrest, and even when Billy's like, "I'm getting out of here," she doesn't want him to leave. So I, I always assume this is just Forrest being Forrest. I wish, right? like, I wish that when Billy got out of the car, his dick was just hanging out. <laughs> oh my god! What? Well, because this, this is this episode is all about hogs. <laughs> I mean, because Billy was obviously what? at least. Tell us a, a little bit more about why you wish it was hanging out. Just, I think it would be funny, because like, why is that? Because I think it would be funny that a man who just got beaten up by Tom Hanks is now standing in the rain with his dick hanging out. He he knocks the mirror over, he puts a hole into the windshield, and it would have to be the last thing he has to dry off too. Mm. Yep. <laughs> I I think wouldn't. It, Rob, you of all people, wouldn't it be a hilarious uh, contradiction if this dude was just really pissed, but he had like a raging heart on in the rain? <laughs> I don't want to help you on this. Or, I just kind of want to watch you, uh, watch you. Or fresh sticking around. out of the bottom of his t-shirt like Keith and uh, Righteous Gemstones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that that I would. Yeah, I, I okay. I'm gonna. Yeah, if he had just no pants on, I think it's funny. I pants don't think around, he. I, yeah, pants around the ankles is always funny. Yeah, but it, it doesn't. We don't need to see. We don't need to see. You know, at <laughs> you, attention. You prude. <laughs> uh, the McRib geez. should not be back. <laughs> oh man, that's staying in. By the way, all that's staying in. That's that's fine. I stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think? Stuff is going hog wild. This episode. hog wild. Speaking of. What do you think? Uh, what do you think Billy's version of the story is to all his friends? Like, could you imagine he's going to come back all to his dorm? All of a sudden, dorm. the door swings open, and this guy with a box of chocolates in his hands just starts wailing on me. I mean, I'm assuming he probably thinks it's like her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Which I guess makes it a little easier. Like, I'm sure he's like, yeah, her boyfriend beat me up. Little do we know it's no, it's like her like special friend from home. Special friend. <laughs> That's like wailing on her. Oh, took boy. me too long to get out of there because my hog was stuck in the steering wheel <laughs> like the club. <laughs> I, fell, I fell over as I drove home with my pants around my ankles. It's hard to work the brake. <laughs> yeah, if he drives the car into something, that'd be funny. Uh, do we ever see Jenny eat chocolate? In this movie, 
Because Forrest is always bringing her chocolate, and I don't think we've ever seen her eat chocolate. Do we know that's a uh, thing? That's well. Let's uh, let's start let's start noticing from this point on. All right, Jenny, chocolate count. Yeah, I'll put it up on the chalkboard. All right, zero. Chocolate so board. Chocolate. <laughs> uh, so then uh, she uh, she sneaks him into her dorm. Guys, have you ever stayed at a girl's only dorm? Uh, no. Uh, uh, no. But I did think of Duff with, oh, I guess it's the next episode where we see the roommate, right? Mm-hmm. I'll okay. save that. So save is that. Duff, Duff, are you starting to get a little nervous just thinking about the roommate's <laughs> position? <laughs> Yeah, Jenny's not a good roommate, but we'll get into that. Uh, I have stayed. I stayed at Liz Waters at uh, UW-Madison when it was still girls only. Don't worry, guys. Nothing happened. I just stayed on the floor of a room's friend, of a friend's room. When? How did this? Wasn't, it, was, it wasn't Molly, right? No, no, no. It's a different girl I knew. Oh. No, it, there's I don't no know oh. story. There's no oh. It would be cool if it was, um, but there isn't. I just is stayed this, there one is night. This Another time where you like you drove someone to Planned Parenthood and <laughs> No, it was a friend. It was a friend who I had gone uh freshman year. Uh we both were uh both spooner people and uh we went to the condom casino. Do you remember uh, that, Joe? During uh mm-hmm. isn't that during yeah, like Road Rival Week or whatever they call it? No, it was like it was like during orientation and they had yeah, like yeah. a casino set up, but instead of winning Instead of winning uh, any uh, money, you just won condoms. And so yeah. I won like 30-some condoms. Uh, and so we won all these condoms. And then we uh, – I, I don't know if it was the same night that I ended up sleeping. Listen, nothing happened because that's who I am. <laughs> so, that was, but, uh, so this was pre-Molly, I assume? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you, so you and this – you and your fellow townie went uh, – Yeah, <laughs> that's – yeah. Went to the condom well, casino. You went to get a bunch of condoms, and then you went back to her place, but nothing happened? Yeah, I'm not sure if I stayed that night the same night as the condom casino night. It might have been a separate night, but the nothing did happen. Nope. Just friends. And that's fine. What did you do with all your condoms? Uh, I think they were eventually used. <laughs> Duff. Oh. Well, that's good. Uh, 25 years later. <laughs> <laughs> When I donated them to Goodwill, <laughs> you know those. <laughs> but I poked needle holes in. I poked needle oh, holes in them first. God yeah. Damn, God damn that. Now get them. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so we're in the dorm room. Jenny sneaks them in. She then disrobes, and I kind of think this is where Forrest learned how to talk to people because she asks them a question, gets a half answer, and just goes off about herself. So I was going to say, Jenny launches into some tombstone woman dialogue <laughs> level nonsense here <laughs> because I, I couldn't, I could I can't remember who's the Dana Delaney character in tombstone. Uh, you think we should, we would know this having seen I, that movie minute by minute. Okay. Uh, well, the why, what is Ro- her name? The why, not Maddie, the laudanum fiend, Josephine. <laughs> Josephine. Yeah, I was thinking so, of Maddie, but yeah, it's Josephine. The, the dope fiend. <laughs> so so I was just thinking about this. Imagine that, you know, you're both soaking wet from the rain. You're mm-hmm. snuck into uh, a girl's dorm room, mm-hmm. and you're just kind of like getting dried off. And all of a sudden, she launches it. Who are you going to be? Like, what? <laughs> What's your dream, Forrest? 
Yeah, I do like his answer. Like, does he say something long? It's like, I'm going to be me. <laughs> Appreciate that answer, because that's a dumb question. As as a hippie nonsense question. And then she goes on about Joan Baez and how she wants to be alone on a stage playing guitar. She'll get there. Yep. She'll reach that high. Achieved. You know, yes. one of my... Um, you know how, like, kind of older guys just have the same five stories that they tell over and over again? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of my friends... Is this dads, a shot on me? <laughs> no. Uh, okay. One of my friend's fathers, uh, who, who I'm quite fond of, but one of his five stories is um, he insists that uh, in his traveling days, mm-hmm. uh, he... Uh, was sitting hanging out and Joan Baez walked by him and smiled at him <laughs> and to and he and to this day he thinks he could have gotten a date with Joan Baez if he uh, if he would have had if he would have oh, anyway, so so I love how it just turned like how it turned into like someone smiled someone did what a human does to you and and then turned into like I think I could have had a date with her <laughs> well also, would you have what, reacted any differently to that what is the minimum amount of sentences to make a story because to me that's just a statement that is like one yes. sentence well i mean he makes a story i'm not gonna uh, tell yeah. the whole thing just just getting down to the meat but, of it but I mean, joan es- baez smiled at but him. i mean essentially that is the whole story joan baez smiled at me but that's it's not it. about it's not about what happened it's about how you tell it it's Duff. about the friends you make along the way that's right that's right uh yeah i mean so that's a good question guys have you ever uh you know nearly dated a celebrity no <laughs> Uh, I have an ex who's kind of Instagram famous, but mm, that's, that's true. It. We have uh, Joe. You and I interacted with that uh, the woman from the OC. Uh, you gave her your deck of cards, which sounds like, like an innuendo. Oh. I gave them to Zach Braff. That's true. Rachel Bilson. Yeah, that that's that was your almost really close, but I guess you know, didn't work out. <laughs> I almost dated Zach Braff. Yeah. <laughs> But you saw things wrong the way down. The same, the same friend's dad has a good uh, uh, shoot. What's his name? Oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. The Grateful Dead guy, Jerry Garcia. Yeah, Jerry Garcia. yeah. Uh, he's a good Jerry Garcia story. But I feel like there'll be another episode where we can. There, Jerry Garcia never pops up. But are there any Grateful Dead songs on the soundtrack? I don't think so. But I'm do we sure. have any music on this on this segment, Duff? Uh, we do. Um, what do we, we have? have so we have uh, the car that or the song that's playing while they're in the car is yes. Uh, I don't know why, but I do is the title of the song uh, by Clarence Frogman Henry. That's my uh, that's my podcasting theme song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Clarence Clarence Henry uh, is uh, kind of a New Orleans R and B type singer. I believe he uh, really worshipped Fats Domino. He didn't really have a ton of hits. I think this was his peak. Uh, it reached number four in early 1961. Okay. Uh, uh, the, uh, I don't know if this will be as interesting, but uh, this song was co-written by Bobby Charles. And Bobby Charles is one of those guys in the last waltz that they bring on and no one knows who he is. <laughs> uh, after uh, after the uh, cocaine moment with uh, uh, Young. It's later on. They bring out uh, Bobby Charles, and Robbie Robertson has to say, "Like this is Bobby Charles, great song, great songwriter. He wrote See You Later, Alligator.' <laughs> Just no one reacts at all. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 
Uh, yeah, uh, it's a good song. I like it. I is, like any. I like any song that has the honk and tenor sax. Is that is this the, is that the only song in the segment? I think it is, right? Uh, like when they're in Jenny's room, you hear uh, "Walk Right In." Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, and I didn't do a ton of research, but it was uh, that's "Walk Right In," which I think is a kind of like a folk country song. It was this version is by the Rooftop Singers. Uh, number one for two weeks in 1963. Hmm. So, so we're—is that timeline-wise work? Are we probably like 1963-ish here? When is the uh, the the school thing happening? What year was that? Schoolhouse door. That was uh, stand in the schoolhouse door was 1963. Okay, so okay, so this so is we are... probably like 1963, 64-ish. It's probably as we'll see in the next clip. It has to be. Probably, yeah, it has to be pre-November 63. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. I, I get it. Um, we, uh, I will say we have um, forced reaction to Jenny and just her bras. Just staring. Uh, <laughs> Forrest has the universal reaction. Just, oh, what do I do now? What, like, <laughs> like when she sits down next to him, I kind of like, because, like, you know, I, I do think as apolitical as movie is, which it is, and, you know, Forrest is innocent and has no agenda, and he's honest. He also, like, is well-mannered, right? So he knows, like, I need to look at her, at her face, and he just, like, he's physically unable for, like, four seconds where he's just staring at her. Until you no, finally like no matter what your intelligence level eye contact is difficult yeah he just totally fails at it uh and this ends with jenny asking for who's ever been with a girl and uh he does mention that he does sit next to them in his home ec class all the time anything else you guys have for minutes 25 through 28 what do you think forest major is hmm. hmm something liberal arts yeah i mean well, we can get to it more tomorrow when he graduate or uh, next week when we gra- when he graduates. But um, all right, I'm sure it's something simple. But he does graduate, and good for him. All right, do you guys <laughs> have anything the, else? You're, the tutors you're, that were writing his papers for him. <laughs> you're you're proud of a star athlete just being graduated for no reason except. Well, <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, listeners, you can uh, go join our Facebook group at forrestgumpminute.com slash chocolates you can follow us on twitter and facebook at gump minute you can write and review us or write a review and uh rate us on itunes and uh if you still want more you can go to our patreon at patreon.com slash the midnight boys until next week guys happy the days while i'm ending the nest till once more they ride high to see